All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty podcast uh, presented by the Fantasy Holics, as always, coming at you. Uh, Bo and Brant, we're going to talk about some uh, waiver wires. We're going to talk about some uh, um, bi week fill ins as we hit another bi apocalypse. Um, the last one of the 2022 season, uh, the week before most playoffs start. Uh, we had a lot of injuries this week to go over. Uh, we have some bye weeks to go over for week 14. Um, let's let's get straight into this. Let's. Uh, let, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. Uh, you got anything to add, Bo? Before we jump straight in. Yeah, I I didn't know if you wanted to address everybody um, based on uh, the results of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers pass catchers this week, or if we were just gonna let that one. Let that one go by the wayside this week. I will tell you uh, next time uh, somebody has a question about DeAndre Carter or Josh Palmer, I'm going with the opposite one that I feel like it's supposed to go because last. <laughs> so I uh, I did that I did that on the live and said Josh Palmer and it was a Josh Palmer game over DeAndre Carter. I just wanted to put that out there. That's it. Again, just to have fun. No no serious digs involved here. This is part part of. Uh, of uh, giving fantasy advice, she ain't gonna get them all right. But it just uh, it just made me made me chuff when I saw the, should the, be a, the end of the box score there. Should be a Carter week this week due to the fact that Palmer took it last week and Carter took it the week before, right? That's how the rotations are gonna go here. No, it's probably gonna it be makes, completely Keenan Allen this week. <laughs> it makes it makes it. I Austin Eckler's due for a twelve catch game. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, that he is. That he is. Man, Eckler Eckler hurt me this week a little bit. Uh, I know he had a good game, but. Uh, that one hurt just a little bit. Uh, let's jump in. Let's talk about some of these injuries that we had over here on week 13. Um, let's see the Rams. Both their quarterbacks, Stafford went to the IR. Both their quarterbacks got banged up. Seattle barely beat them. Don't even want to talk about that. But as in we're in that game, we got to talk about Kenneth Walker got banged up. Um, so it, it, it looks like Walker will miss at least a minimum. It's sounding like one week. Uh, nothing official has come out yet. I know he's doing some further testing as we record this on Monday. Um, so uh, nothing, nothing's came about yet. Um, it, let's see. The big injury's got to hit Jimmy G. And, and, and what does that do to the uh, San Francisco offense and the San Francisco team in general? I mean, this was a team that looked like legit Super Bowl contenders coming out of the NFC with the top, you know, top two defense probably, top five defense, and then a great system quarterback. What do you think of the uh, San Francisco offense moving forward with Jimmy G being out for the rest of the year? Yeah, for me, I think this is a huge boost in the arm for guys like Debo Samuel and, and Christian McCaffrey, guys who focus and get, get a lot of their uh, receptions behind the, the line of scrimmage. Um, you talk about putting a guy like Brock Purdy in who doesn't have a lot of game experience, um, still pretty young in his career. Um, what's he going to look to do? He's going to look to get easy chunk plays, um, let, his, let his skill position players make plays for him. I also think long-term it helps George Kittle a little bit as well. Um, I would say the biggest downgrade in my eyes is probably Brandon Ayuk. I don't know how many times you're going to see Brock Purdy try to get the ball over the top of the defense. Um, I would assume that Kyle Shanahan will play game management with his offense a little bit just because of how darn good that defense is. They'll try to keep um, – you know, from, from making sloppy turnovers, giving their defense good field position to work with. 
Yeah, I think I think it's a big boost for the uh, running backs there. Uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, will see a little bit more of a run volume in my mind. I think was that uh, Mason is who's backing up McCaffrey right now. It, we'll see a little bit more. I think you're going to see a guy like uh, Davis Price who's coming back from injury. He's a guy that's definitely probably going to get a little bit boost, a little more work because they're not going to want to just feed everything to McCaffrey. They're going to want to have to keep McCaffrey healthy. So I expect that to be almost a three-headed monster, and I don't know how fantasy relevant the other two will be but McCaffrey is definitely taking a, a step up um, what other big injuries did we have this week well we had a big cut there in Carolina with uh, Baker Mayfield uh, just came just got released today um, and I, I in my mind I don't know if Baker plays again this year I don't know if 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 uh, if, if he gets claimed because nobody's going to want to pay that one point whatever million it is, uh, even if he signs somewhere, how good is he really going to be? So in my mind, I don't I don't know about Baker Mayfield and, and all this. Yeah, I, you know, there's only a couple places that Baker makes a whole lot of sense. Maybe potentially, I don't even know how much sense it would make for them because they'd, it'd be like eating, eating their words. But uh, I would have to imagine Baker could potentially be an uptick over what Russ is putting out week in and week out right now in Denver. Um, however, I think if Denver goes and picks up a guy like Baker Mayfield and puts him in a quarterback competition with Russ, um, how silly does that make the entire Denver organization look in comparison to how already silly they look? I mean, I know you guys got, what, two first-round picks for him, um, as long as well as the Noah Fant and Drew Locke side of things. Um, and, it, you know, if Denver goes out and, hey, we may make a play for a quarterback, how bad do they? They just make themselves look completely stupid. Um and then obviously the two obvious ones based on the injuries, which I know we're getting ready to talk about the other one here, is, is Baltimore and San Fran. But again, I don't know how willing teams like that are going to be to go fork out a bunch of money for a guy of, of Baker's caliber who really hasn't proved a whole lot in his NFL career. Uh, a lot of highs, lows, uh, more like a roller coaster than a, a, a traditional first-round quarterback would look Right, yeah, with with and and you just brought it up with in Baltimore, uh, Lamar Jackson going down, uh, Harbaugh coming out saying it's days to weeks uh, for Lamar Jackson. So that's uh, Tyler Huntley is a uh, replacement guy. And uh, what what do you what what is your aspect of of that offense moving forward uh, with Huntley in case you know Lamar does miss some time. Well, first, I want to I want to start off by saying I, I'm not sure Lamar Jackson knew this was a contract year for him because the numbers haven't been uh, you know exceptional. Um, we haven't seen him get out of the pocket and take off running as much as we have in the past. We haven't seen him pass as well as we have in the past, which really isn't saying much because he's not a great passer to begin with. Um, but as far as that goes, I think it's a huge uptick to, to guys like Demarcus Robinson, Devin Duvernay, and, and Mark Andrews, um, as well as the running backs. I think honestly, I think J.K. Dobbins, if he can get himself back in the next week or two in the absence of Lamar Jackson, that should be a huge uptick for him um, because there's going to be a little bit less of that um, designed quarterback runs and more of those designed running back uh, rushes. So um, I think it's a small uptick. Uh, obviously, Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Tyler Huntley. I don't mean that. fantasy relevancy period I think it's an uptick for a lot of the guys in Baltimore yeah absolutely I do too I think uh, I think uh, Hutley gets out there and he can sling the ball a little bit better and I mean we did we did see him you know in the um, absence of Lamar uh, last year when you know um, I believe it was he missed a game or two and we saw Huntley was very serviceable for fantasy um, uh, relevancy and for the Ravens I mean he kept them involved he kept them involved in the game so uh so yeah, Huntley. Huntley, I, I think it upticks the, um, uh, just like you said, the wide receivers a little bit more and the running backs there. And 
So it's super flex leagues, guys. If if there's a chance to go out there and get Huntley or get Brock Purdy, um, I absolutely think Brock Purdy's a good game manager and will fit that Shanahan system. Uh, obviously, he's not as good as Jimmy G. He was Mister Irrelevant for a reason, but he's definitely a guy that that could be um, could be relevant when it comes to fantasy. I also want to add for super flex. Um, I know the Atlanta Falcons are going into their bye week this week, but. Arthur Smith did come out and say that every position is going to have a battle over these bye week, this bye week. To me, that means the Marcus Mariota experiment may be dead. He's looked horrendous the last few weeks. Um, I would not be shocked to see with an extra week of rest here to see maybe a, a Desmond Ritter get an opportunity. I'm not saying he's going to beat him out because if he was any good, I think he would have already beat Marcus Mariota out because he's been atrocious. Um, but it is something to keep an eye on if you're the guy who's, you know, on a a 12-man league and you're, you're playing Marcus Mariota every week, um, you may want to go out and try to hedge that with, with Ritter if he's available. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope I hope Ritter does take over. Um, I was big on him coming out of college. I watched him play quite a bit at Cincy, so I would like to see him get his shot. Um, well, let's jump into uh, a couple more of these uh, uh, waiver wire claims. Um, there's not much out there. It's, it's not much. It's slim pickings coming out. Um, I'm going to start with the obvious one to go fill in for Kenneth Walker, and that's DJ Dallas um, running back out of Seattle. And like I said, it looks like Walker's going to maybe miss a week or two, maybe even more time pending on how these tests come out. Um, and Travis Homer was the the handcuff that I talked about a couple weeks ago um, to have for um, uh, Kenneth Walker. But it, it – it, Homer's banged up. He missed last week. Uh, DJ Dallas saw, uh, I think it was 47%, 49% of the snaps after Kenneth Walker went out, so 49% total snaps. Um, so he looks like the clear handcuff, the clear guy that's going to take the uh, workload. We have seen him in the past when uh, Carson and Penny missed time. We saw DJ Dallas as the guy. Um, but, yeah, so I think if Homer misses any more time, I think both Homer and Dallas are, are two guys that need to be picked up and uh, see what uh, comes about, especially if Kenneth Walker does miss next week. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, the one thing about that Kenneth Walker thing, too, when Pete Carroll comes out and says it's a very strange injury, that almost makes you cringe a little bit just because, um, you know, I, the way you made it sound, it was a weird lower ankle sprain, but it was strange. I don't I don't know. We'll see. It's definitely one I know for you, Brent, as a Seattle fan and a Kenneth Walker owner, you're definitely going to have your eyes on that one. Ankle too. jammed sure. is the way that Pete put it. Ankle jam. That's right. That's right. So. <laughs> Uh, that's definitely one anybody who's invested in Kenneth Walker needs to be mindful of. It probably should be, in my opinion, week 14. Can't lose this week for a lot of people. You should probably put in as much of your fab budget as you have left on a guy like DJ Dallas just to hedge that Kenneth Walker thing. So definitely something to be mindful of. Um, going from one rookie running back in Kenneth Walker to another here, I've got James Cook um, rostered in roughly 31% of leagues on sleeper. Um this guy has slowly started to get more work the last several weeks here. I honestly thought, um, as a guy who drafted him in a couple rookie uh, startup drafts uh, in Dynasty Leagues, I honestly thought that the addition of Naeem Hines would see um, James Cook further down on the depth chart, But and, and especially with the, as good as Devin Singletary has looked this year. But it seems to be the opposite of that. Um, James Cook's been getting more involved since the Naeem Hines trade. Um Two times in the last three weeks, he's had over 11 carries. I know one of those weeks, uh, three weeks ago, was when they were in a huge blowout win and, and just kind of let him salt the game away. Uh, but this last week, when they were in a, in a decent game for most of it, um, last Thursday night, he was getting carries early as well. 
uh, and two times in the last two weeks he's been over five plus targets. So definitely a guy that uh, they know can do it all, and they've been targeting him. And with him available in roughly 69% of the leagues, this is somebody that I would be going out and picking up. Um, Buffalo's offense is, is fantastic. We all know that. And if I can get a piece of that that looks like it's trending upwards uh, for playoff time and, again, for week 14, um, and I'm starting James Cook this week with a fair amount of confidence in the leagues that I do roster him. So I think this is a good play for people to pivot to uh, with this bye week apocalypse coming. Yeah, speaking of and, – and James Cook's a guy that, that a lot of people had him as undersized and would never be a uh, workhorse back. Well, he's he's doing all this not being a workhorse. He's he's seeing 11 carries, like you said. He's seeing five targets a game. So it's not really workhorse numbers. He's only what – I think it was, what, 40% of snaps is, is one of his highest that he's seen all year. Uh, so, it, yeah, he's not doing it, but it's like you said, it's the Buffalo Bills offense. They find a way to scheme to get one of their uh, more explosive players open. And you, you also brought it up as the bipocalypse. We, I failed to mention this prior to us doing waivers. Let's talk about a few teams that are on buys because that's going to roll me into also my other two waiver claims here. Uh, you got Atlanta on a buy. You got Chicago on buy. You got Green Bay on buy. Indianapolis, New Orleans, and Washington are all on buys. So you're out there. You're replacing players. And, and we're going to talk about some guys that we like to possibly replace some of these players. But you're talking about guys to replace like London, uh, Watson, Pittman, Alave, Scary Terry, um, and then it, for the running backs, you're talking Cordero Patterson, Monty, um, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Jonathan Taylor, a, uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, Gibson, and B-Rob all, all are going to need replaced. That's a lot of players that are going to need uh, replaced, and we're going to definitely talk about some guys to help uh, replace that. Uh, but I'm going to go into another waiver claim. Um, he's a guy that um, is actually on by this week, so you might be able to get him after waivers. Um, and that's uh, Tyler Algier of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, he's, he's, he's rostered in about 50% of the leagues, uh, maybe a little over. Um, he's seen over 50% of the snaps in, in 6 out of 13 games this year. He's had over 10 carries in 9 out of 13 games, over 45 yards in 8 of those, 8 of, eight of 13. And he's had at least one plus reception in 6 out of those 13 weeks. Um, so this is a guy that, that's starting to see an uptick. And like you said, position battle coming this week in Atlanta. Um, I didn't know about that prior to me actually getting all these uh, numbers here. But uh, the position battle, that means that it could easily, he could see an uptick in all of his work if, if he's the guy that comes out there. And, and uh, like they called him coming out, he's like a little bowling ball. He likes to run over people and through people. Well, we know that that's what uh, – um, Arthur had there in uh, in Tennessee and, and Derrick Henry, so maybe maybe Algier comes out of the bye week and he's the number one guy there. Yeah, and I, I think it's worth mentioning too that if Tampa Bay wins tonight, Atlanta's a full game and a half out of the division. Um, they're not playing well, not trending in the right direction, so I could see um, Arthur Smith fading some of these veterans for some of the youth just to see what they've got prior to going into the draft evaluation process. Um, for the offseason. Blaine is going to have a lot of cap space as well. So I think you'll you'll see some of these veterans make way for, especially, again, if only if Tampa wins tonight. If, if New Orleans happens to beat Tampa, then we're st- Atlanta's still in the thick of things, uh, and that may change where things go um, moving forward, but definitely something to keep your eye on. Um, another running back I have, um, this one almost makes me want to regurgitate my lunch into my mouth here, um, 
it's not something that I've, I've been a fan of. Um, I, 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 I've been a non-believer in this guy since he came into the league. Uh, I know, Brent, you were high on him for quite a while. We've had several knockdown arguments over this player. Uh, but I'm going to bring him up anyway, and it's, it's Cam Akers. Um, currently, Cam Akers is rostered in 55% of leagues. Um, and I was the guy that uh, has said all along that I like Daryl Henderson better than Cam Akers. Um, and I really thought we were going to start to see that this year when Cam Akers held out wanting to get traded. Um, but the, the Rams and, and Cam Akers kissed and made up. And, and this week without Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers saw 72% of the snaps, 17 carries for 60 yards and two touchdowns. Um, really, that was the guy that kind of kept Ed, uh, Los Angeles in this game against your Seattle Seahawks for a large part of it. Um, I'm not necessarily going out and saying that I think Cam Akers is going to be a touchdown scorer every week. Um, I think it's probably quite the opposite of that. Uh, but there is that if he's going to be getting 70-plus percent of the work for the Los Angeles team, the Los Angeles Rams team that has no true starting quarterback, no true outside weapons on the outside, there is a small amount of value to be had here because sometimes with, with these guys in the NFL, it only takes one out of 17 carries for them to be fantasy relevant, um, less than a 40-yard touchdown run or something of that sort. So um, with Cam Akers being available in 45% of leagues, again, I know this is cuffing season. We talked about that on the last week's cast. However, if you have a couple of roster spots available, and let's say you're, you know, one of those teams that's that's not getting a first round bye, you're in position third through six, or however deep your playoffs go, and um, you know you want that other opportunity based on matchup plays for some of your other running backs. Cam Akers is worthy of a pickup in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I unfortunately he did see the majority of the snaps. Um, I was on the uh, carry on our uh, Williams. Uh, bandwagon there coming out of uh, the draft and everything else, so I was really hoping he was going to take over that backfield. And, I mean, playing against Seattle, where defense kind of uh, gives gives gifts away to all running backs, so I was really hoping that he would uh, take advantage of that. I mean, 302 yards from uh, Josh Jacobs two weeks ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we just kind of let the running backs look good, and, and Cam Akers definitely did look the best out of those two during that game. Um, and like you said, it's kind of almost unfortunate because uh, you may have been on the Daryl Henderson is better than Cam Akers. Well, I was on the Williams is better than Cam Akers. Anything to get Cam Akers out of there because, well, I didn't want to see it. it want to see me be uh, be wrong on that one. Um, so my other guy uh, to go pick out pick up he's also on by this week he played 79 percent of snaps and you just talked about it when you're seeing 70 plus percent of snaps in in, in your offense you're, you're a guy to kind of look at he also saw nine targets and had uh, one touchdown he caught five receptions and that's Jahan Dotson there in the uh for the Washington Commanders um we know that the Commanders see our uh, scary Terry normally sees the number one uh corner regardless of who they play uh and Dotson's going to come in and, and he's owning less than 50 percent of the league's um, he's a guy that's just coming back from injury. He he had um, good numbers prior to going out during prior to going out with injury. So this is a guy that that could make an impact and help you move forward uh, through uh, through the through the fantasy playoffs uh, with matchup bases. I know they have the Giants, I believe. It, uh, during the playoffs, and they have a, they have a couple of other games that there's a possibility of seeing them trail quite a bit. Um, and we know that that Washington ain't pulling away from anybody. And they're staying in most games with Tyler Henneke at quarterback. So as long as they don't choose to somehow, for some reason, go back to Carson Wentz and screw up their whole season, um, there's a lot of fantasy relevancy to have there in Washington with Henneke at quarterback. 
Absolutely. I know Jahan Dotson's been somebody who's near and dear to your heart, so uh, definitely a good one there this week. Um, another rookie wide receiver that I want to talk about here, um, again, this one is rostered in 58% of leagues, so a little bit of an uptick probably due to the excitement of last week, but I think he will probably be dropped a little bit too, so I think by the time your waiver is processed, it'll be probably closer to 50% rostered. But that's Jamison Williams from uh, the Detroit Lions. Um, and first of all, I want to add, I, I believe, I could, I'd have to go double-check this here, but I think the Detroit Lions have won four in a row. Um, uh, their offense is starting to look explosive. Um, Jared Goff is, is definitely turning back the tide here. He completed 31 out of 300, or 31 out of 41 passes for 340 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. They do have a tougher matchup coming up this week, a divisional matchup against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. But Jamison Williams is a guy that um, I think a lot of people really got to know him when, when Alabama was making their, their title run last year. Um, you know, Jamison Williams was a guy that was extremely quick. He got that first couple of steps was just, he was there and he was gone in the blink of an eye. He's a field stretcher. He's a burner. Um, he's also uh, reminds me a lot of Michael Thomas. You get him on a slant, he could take it to the house. Um, so this is a guy that he only saw 11% of, of snaps this week, but they were definitely easing him in coming back off the injury. Um, uh, from his knee, but I think he he ultimately starts getting involved in the offense starting this week and moving forward. I think by the end of the season, it'll be a really great one-two punch with him and Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown. So again, if you've got, um, you know, if you're a guy who was losing a lot of players this week um, that, that are wide receivers, because there is some great names. Again, you, you mentioned them, Brant, but I want to hit them again real quick. Scary Terry, John Dotson, uh, Drake London, Cordero Patterson, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, um, Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, um, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. There's a lot of really good wide receivers out this week. So if you're just scratching, clawing, trying to find a lineup, uh, to field a lineup, this is a guy that you could put in that I think the floor is pretty low, but the ceiling is very high with this guy. Um, so I think this is, a, is one that – if you happen to have him available in your league, again, he's right now roughly available in 42% of leagues. I think it's probably closer to 50 by the time waivers process. Um, but if he's available, I suggest you go out there and go grab him up. So I think this rolls us right into our next segment that we wanted to talk about here, Brant, which is guys to plug in and play um, this week. We're going to talk about a little bit of projections and matchups and why we kind of like these guys. So I'm going to start right with Jamison Williams at the wide receiver position, again, just because of how many guys we just I just listed that are out this week. Um, Jamison Williams is, is at home against the Minnesota Vikings this week. He's projected five and a half points and a half point PPR this week. Um, this is again, this is a guy that with his speed and his talent that he he could stretch the field real easy. A couple catches, he could be well over that five and a half uh, total points. What do you make of Jamison Williams this week against the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, and and, and uh, you 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 hit on it. Um, they they've won four of their last five. They did lose Thanksgiving. Detroit did. Um, I just wanted to uh, make sure that I, I got you back on that one uh, for the DeAndre Carter comment. Um, but uh, Minnesota is actually third worst against wide receivers in, in, in fantasy points. So, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're going to have to throw to keep up with Minnesota. Minnesota has been a team that's been um, 
uh, right there in the thick of things in the playoff hunt with the NFC. I know that they, you know, are right there in the top of their division. Um, and, and so Minnesota is is uh, playing for a lot. And uh, I know they got Patrick Peterson out there. They have very, very good secondary. Um, but Jamison Williams could be the guy that, that sees the least amount of coverage due to the fact that he's coming back from injury. So, yeah, I absolutely love him to go over his five points there. Uh, it wouldn't be surprised if, it would, I would not be surprised to see him find the end zone this week, possibly. All right, fair enough. Who, who do you have for our first uh, bye week filling at running back there, Brian? So I got two. I actually have two. They're, they're in the same game. Um, I'm just putting them both together. And they're, they're guys that, that people have been questionable about all year. And that's that's Tony Pollard and, and Ezekiel Elliott. I know that a lot of people have, you know, hey, do I start them? Which one do I start? Everything else. So I kind of wanted to get these guys out right here. And they go in and they play against Houston in Dallas, in Jerry's world. Well, Zeke is probably a must start in Jerry's world because, well, Jerry's going to be there. So they're going to feed Zeke quite a bit. But Tony Pollard is so explosive. These are two guys that I don't know if I'm pulling out of my flex for the rest of this year with the way that they have. Um, let's see. Tony Pollard is projected uh, 15.5. Yeah, 15, 15 points. And Zeke is projected right around 13. So actually Pollard and Zeke are both – or Pollard is projected a little bit more than Zeke. But both these guys are very serviceable this week. They're going in. They play the worst defense against the run. One of the worst, because I think Seattle may have passed him up, you know, two weeks ago when they let Josh Jacobs go rampant. But, um, but yeah, they're playing. Nope, nope, they're still the worst. So they're they're playing the worst rush defense against fantasy. Both these guys could easily go over 100 yards and find the end zone. Both these guys are very, very serviceable to fill in on bye weeks. Um, and like I said, I wanted to get out. I wanted to just talk about, you know, two players that a lot of people have question marks on. Uh, plug both these guys in and probably don't let, don't move them again. Um, because they're definitely getting involved, and that offense is really starting to click. 54 points this past week against a very, very uh, serviceable defense. Yeah, it, you know, uh, I don't think there's any way in the world, especially with this bi-week apocalypse, that you can sit either Tony Pollard or Zeke against the Houston Texans. So I'm I'm fully on board and in, in agreement with you on this one, Brent. Um, I'm actually going to do the same thing you did, but not backfield mates. I'm going to go um, two wide receivers in the same game this weekend. And, again, I know I said on our live uh, a few weeks ago, maybe this weekend, um, that I was putting all these guys on the shelf for the rest of the season. I was staying clear of it. But it is bi-week apocalypse. I'm being forced to play them, so why not put the advice out there for the rest of the world, too? Um, Cortland Sutton versus the Kansas City Chiefs is projected 8.7 points. Um, This is a game that... Uh, I expect Kansas City to be in control of for most of the game, which means Denver is going to have to pass a decent amount, um, which is putrid with Russell Wilson under center. I understand that. However, um, this is one of the lowest projections you've seen from Cortland Sutton all season, um, and I expect in this game for him to be uh, have to be involved a decent amount um, for Denver to have any remote chance of being in this. I don't think – I would have to imagine Vegas has the odds at like 95% in favor of, of Kansas City here. Um, I would think Denver would start as huge underdogs in this one. But it is a divisional matchup. We see strange things happen all the time. So Cortland Sutton's the first one in this game that if, if I have him on my roster, I'm probably trying to get in this week based on other guys missing this week. Um, and then from that same game, I actually have Marquez Valdez Scantling um, as well, who's projected at 7.9 points and half point PPR. Um, Marquez has definitely become Patrick Holmes' deep ball threat. Um, and, uh, 
last week I, I, or last uh, last night, I watched uh, that that Kansas City game pretty intently. Um, probably at the same time you were watching your Seattle game, um, and on back-to-back plays. Patrick Mahomes took deep shots to Marquez Valdez Scantling in the first one. He had a horrendous drop, um, and, and in, in my head, I'm sitting there going, "Man, that just killed his, his momentum for the game." Mahomes isn't going to look his way again, and then boom, very next play, 45-yard completion over the top, almost the same exact route, and Marquez Valdez Scantling came down with it. He also happened to drop a pretty easy touchdown catch in that game, um, and Mahomes still continued to look his way. So this guy could have easily. Um, had a massive game last week if he comes down with the, uh, that touchdown catch as well. Um, so this is a guy that Mahomes has, has got trust in. I'm not sure how much longer he'll have it if he keeps making these drops. But, um, again, on bye week apocalypse, this is a guy that I'm absolutely getting in my lineup because, again, one play with him and, and you could secure yourself a decent amount of points. Yeah, with uh, MVS there, um, I know, you know, all the drops and everything else, but I, I see this game getting out of hand really quick, and I see Patrick Mahomes just going out there and, and tossing the ball around and, and taking those deep shots. Um, I expect them to get on top of Detroit, Denver pretty quick, and I expect them to come out there playing some playground ball probably from the second quarter on um, because, well, Denver can't score more than 18 points. So as long as they put up three touchdowns in the, you know, first quarter and a half they can they can do whatever they want the rest of the game because they know Denver's not coming back and uh, as for Sutton Sutton's a guy that um, if, if they do jump on a very high lead yes he's gonna see plenty of targets make sure you keep a, uh, an eye on his questionable tag he is questionable this week um, I know he went down and, and uh, went down early last week or early in week 13 and didn't have a catch but this is a guy that as long as he plays he's definitely going to be having to go into my lineup with everyone that's missing um, <clears throat> so I'm going to talk about a guy that actually came off an abysmal week. Um, his backfield mate also had an abysmal week, but they also just played the San Francisco 49ers, who, like we talked about earlier, is a top five defense in the NFL. And they go in next week, and they're going. Uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson are going to see um, the Los Angeles Chargers uh, defense. And the Chargers uh, um, are one of the worst against running backs also. So these guys, I, I know, you know, it's 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 extremely hard to, um, you know, trust them after the abysmal week they had. Well, I think Mostert is still the lead back in that backfield. He saw 67% of the snaps actually this past week. And uh, I know Jeff Wilson had the better two weeks prior to, but um, I think Mostert is actually still the lead guy there. And they go against the Chargers. So I actually like a Raheem Mostert this week. Um, he's projected at 10 points. I expect them to or to um, to get higher than the 10 points there. Like I said, Chargers are actually second worst against the running backs this year. So um, even though they had an abysmal week this week, these these those are both two guys that I'll be looking at. And, and I like Raheem Mostert more than I do with Jeff Wilson Jr. And I know I own both of them So in one league. And, and I'm starting Mostert over Jeff Wilson this week. Yeah, I actually wanted to bring it up, too. So uh, you brought up Josh Jacobs torching your Seattle Seahawks a couple weeks ago. He torched the Chargers last this weekend, too. 26 carries and 144 yards, averaging 5.5 yards per carry. Well, at least they slowed him down. Yeah, <laughs> definitely uh, a good sign of things to come for those Dolphins running backs as well. Um, and actually, that, that Chargers-Raiders game is the last one I'm going to talk about here. Um, another guy that I've got is a, is a bi-week fill-in here. <laughs> Uh, Matt Collins of the Las Vegas Raiders. He's projected six and a, or six point nine points and a half point PPR. Uh, uh, this is a guy that just this weekend saw 
uh, nine targets, five receptions for 35 yards. Um, so he would have been right there at that projection. Um, this weekend, uh, had he come down in a couple more, he exceeds it. This is a guy that has slowly started to build trust um, with Derek Carr. Um, and the, the Raiders have another pretty good matchup this week. Um, they play Thursday night against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, and I know that you should see Jalen Ramsey on Devontae Adams. I'm not sure Jalen Ramsey wants to shadow the number one after just getting embarrassed by uh, DK. I'm sure you saw the play, Brant, uh, in, in real time as – DK went from one side of the field to the other and he turned around and waved Jalen Ramsey on. Ramsey's throwing his hands up and then DK goes on to go make the catch for the first down on that play. So um, definitely going to see a, a pissed off Jalen Ramsey this week. Uh, and if he happens to go with, with uh, uh, Devontae Adams, Mac Hollins could be in line for a huge line of work this week. So another one that I'm looking to get in lineups in absence of some of these guys on bye weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my last name to hit on is uh, Deontay Foreman there at the Carolina Panthers. And he's going against my Seahawks. <laughs> so Start that's it. about why. I know, uh, I know, you know, with with Chuba Hubbard coming back prior to they, – they were on bye last week. So with Chuba Hubbard coming back right before the bye, he saw – Chuba saw 17 carries to uh, Foreman's um, 24 carries in, in the week prior to the bye. Um, so obviously Foreman is the, is the lead back there. Um, I expect him to have a very, very good game. I know some people are still shaky with starting him after his, you know, 2.4 and his and his, his two points and his four points in uh, in week nine and week 11. But you're going into week 14. He's projected 11 points this week going against Seattle. I expect him to find the end zone. And I'll tell you right now, I, I probably expect Chuba Hubbard to find the end zone also uh, because, well, we can't stop anybody. We might be able to start stop Sam Darn. But we'll see. Um, I know we can stop Baker Mayfield because he won't be there. But uh, unless he's in Seattle, which I know there was the rumors of us trying to trade for him. But gosh, I hope Geno's done enough to keep him away. But no, back to Foreman. That's another guy that I really, really like this week to uh, start against our offense, our defense. Um, I expect Carolina to stay in this game because, well, Seattle can't blow anybody out, even if they try, apparently. Because if you can't blow out the JV varsity, the JV team there in, in LA, then uh, apparently you can't blow anybody out. Yeah, sometimes playing down to your competition is a real thing, and I think that's what happened to Seattle this week, but they still played well enough to win. Geno still looked the part. Uh, I don't think you have to worry about old Baker Mayfield coming to town there in Seattle. So um, definitely some some uh, guys to keep your eye on this week uh, as you're setting your lineups, uh, trying to field a lineup. I know for me I'm going to struggle this week because I have about all the players from all of these teams uh, across several of my leagues. Um so definitely something to be ready for. Definitely got to pivot early, get your waivers in, and just be ready to uh, to go. And hopefully this is a week, and in my opinion, this is a week that you're going um, explosions over safety with a lot of these waivers because uh, um, it's a week that a lot of people can't handle or can't handle or take a loss in because fantasy playoffs start next week for a lot of leagues. Um, so I know we'll be doing some special uh, stuff on that next week for our podcast. But uh, um, that's about all I got, Brandon, unless you got something else. I want to add, uh, go Bucks! I need you guys to hang up a bunch of fantasy points tonight um, with Tom Brady and Chris Godwin because I need uh, 
I need that bye. I need that bye. I need time to get my players back to healthy, losing Kenneth Walker and a few others this past week. So uh, let's hope the Bucks can put on a show tonight against that uh, uh, New Orleans team. Uh, but, no, uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, fantasy playoffs coming off. Uh, join us on our live Sunday morning. Uh, we're definitely um, – Definitely, when we when we get to your question this week, we're probably going to be asking if you're in a, a win and you're in, or if you've already locked in your playoff situation or anything else. Please add that part of your question too if you're asking, uh, because that could that could pivot our pivot um, who to start in, in some in some plays. Because if you're winning, you're in, or you're already in. If you're already in, you probably want to go safety. If you win and you're in, you may have to go boom in order to to get in. Um, but uh, yeah, make sure you join us. Join us on Sunday. Um, I know we got some uh, big things coming this off season. Um, a lot of names starting to come out of college players that are, are skipping their bowl games, and 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 we'll be bringing those up too here shortly on our cast. Um, but yeah, I I think that's about all I got um, before I get into a whole ramble on session. I, I do want to add too, Brand. I mean, uh, this wasn't something I was even remotely thinking about until you just brought up what you brought up, but. We will, Brant and I will shift back for most of the offseason to dynasty relevant things as far as getting ready for rookie drafts, um, incoming rookies, which is still relevant to redraft because some of these rookies are going to need to be drafted early in redrafts as well. So there'll be some coverage of redrafts. Um, Also, uh, we kind of have alluded to it a little bit, um, but you're going to see something different from the Fat Boys next season as well. We'll probably do a a dynasty podcast each week as well as a. a live podcast each week with uh, Josh Rodriguez, the guy who's been behind the scenes doing our um, producing for us on our lives on Sunday mornings. Um, so that's something to be uh, prepared and be ready for uh, as we're moving uh, through the off season. Um, also, breaking news did just come out. Lamar Jackson is unlikely to play this week. So definitely uh, go be going looking for Tyler Conley if you need that pivot. of it. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. That is that's big news, breaking news right here on the uh, Fat Boys. As as you heard my phone in the background, apparently I forgot to silence that there. Um, so, but as always, stay hungry and stay fat, my friends.